127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry, 127 at FBC Brian. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in a relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What is up, people? Welcome back to 127 on the mic. We are so glad that you guys joined us this week. We are back just for another episode. You know the drill. Every single week we are here on 127 on the mic on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and the Lone Wolf Podbean. I don't know if anyone even listens to that, but it's on there. I, d- are- I downloaded the app. You the, did? The Podbean app. Is it useful? <laughs> I haven't done anything with it yet. Yeah, I can't I, tell you what the app looks like. Yeah, no, it's green. I think. <laughs> I'm actually colorblind. I don't know if it's green. Spotify's green. Hey, That's true. Like, what colors can you not see? What colors can I not see? Uh, okay, let me actually look this up because every time I take the colorblind test, um, I get the same result. I've never actually been. Yeah, they're all gray. 100% described or described, prescribed. <laughs> Not prescribed. What is, what's the word? Di- diagnosed. Diagnosed. About to prescribe you something. Golly. I'm going to prescribe you colorblind. Okay. <laughs> Dictionary. It's called do tan colorblindness, okay? It's also, oh my gosh, I just had an ad pop up for some glasses. <laughs> <laughs> they know me too well. Um, also known as deuteronomy. Blah. Deuteronomy? Um, yes, deuteronomy. Um, it is a type of red-green colorblindness in which the green cones in the eye detect too much red light and not enough green light. As a result, red, yellow, green, and brown can appear similar, especially in low light. It may also be difficult to see the difference between blues and purples or pinks and grays. Does that answer your question? How much do you hate Christmas? I love Christmas. Just, re- you just I, don't know what's happening with no, all the colors. I have just no a idea. real fun black and white film for him. Y'all remember when we did the, uh, the Christmas lights? I was like, man. Remember when we hung those up? Yeah. Do those. <laughs> I was like, man, people really enjoy this. And I'm just like, <laughs> they all look the same to me. He, at retreat this weekend, we were, we were setting up one of the stations and there's blue and purple blocks. And he was like, hey, I don't, I don't know which one's which. <laughs> it's, it's one of it's, those things you learn to live with, you know? Just like, just like anything else. Live and you learn. But you don't know, have you ever known reds and greens you see that's a great question this like breaks people's brains and breaks my brain because i don't know like what color ac- people actually see and my eyesight isn't great either yeah and so like what does perfect eyesight look like i don't even know it's a question that i won't know until the day of the day of the gates of heaven I, hopefully if the lord doesn't grant me eyesight there then I, i'm hopeless so you know that my um my vision was blurry because i got bit by the dog I don't know if you know. I got bit by a dog on my on my head. And when was this? You got bit by like I was four, four dogs. I've gotten bit by three, three that sent me to the hospital. But I got bit by one when I was four. And it scratched my eye when it happened. And then I was playing basketball in, in junior high, I think it was in eighth grade, and I got elbowed in the eye and it made the scar on my eye rise up. And when that happened, it blurred my vision like instantly. And so I went from twenty twenty to twenty two hundred, I think. Right then. So I was wear I wore glasses. That's really bad, by the way. Yeah, it's bad. I wore glasses all the way through uh, college and then even early on as just a youth pastor and everything. And I was in Sherman and a church member of ours came to me and said, hey, would you like to get LASIK for free? For free? I was like, well, uh, sure. I was like, LASIK would be great. He said, we got a new laser in and we have to test it. Oh, my word. (laughs) To test it on 10 people before we get like our license. I was like, doc, like how how dangerous is this? He's like, oh, it's basically like our other one. It's just a new one. And so you'll be fine. Oh, gosh. And no lie went through like 
three hours of eye testing where you stare into this. Uh-huh. It looks like a microscope and there's a balloon that like yep. <laughs> goes blurry and mm-hmm. comes back. And it's, it's measuring like what your eyes are doing through all of that. And then came back the next day and they put me under the laser. And so there's, there's oh two lasers and, and they, the bed moves back and forth between the two. And so they put you under one and they're, they put this medicine in and they lock your eyes open and you're still, and it goes over and it, I'm not lying. It was like five seconds under one laser and it went over the other side. And it was like five seconds into the other. And they picked me up out of that. And they said, look over there. I looked across the room at this desk and could, could clearly see it. What the? Like, whoa. Is that how quick normal LASIK is? Like, yeah. That's so it's weird. Instant. And then, and then they sent me home and I had to sleep for, they gave me some medicine to sleep for a day. <laughs> like a whole 24 hours. Yeah. Cause I couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't touch nice. your eyes. You had to let your eyes heal. And then I had to sleep with the mask, like a uh, goggles. I had to sleep with goggles on. So, so I wouldn't rub my eyes. Like, not, like uh, remember that uh, thing we got for Ethan? Always in the hospital. <laughs> the alien chaser and goggles. Yeah. Y'all remember that? <laughs> that was a fun game. That's reminded me of that. But that's, that's my vision story. So I don't have to wear glasses like you anymore. Wow. And I can see. That must be nice. I, Fun fact, this isn't probably that fun, but I actually can't get LASIK, cannot. Um, LASIK will not improve my vision at all because of the condition that I have. Yeah. Um, I was like born with it. I saw a lot worse than I do now, which is crazy. Um, had like somewhat of a lazy eye, like my, this is gonna be hard to see without a video, but my left eye would look straight. My right eye would lean into my left eyes, mm-hmm. like line of sight. And so anytime I'd look at someone and talk to someone, they would think I'm like up into their I don't even know what direction that'll be. Up and to the right, I think. Yeah. If, if like you're that person, yeah. you would think I'm like looking behind you, but I'm actually looking right at you. It's just my eyes. So I don't know. Maybe one day. <laughs> Could I, be. I see 2040 though. I I'm a safe driver with these glasses. And so when That's I have sunglasses on, I'm like 2050. So illegally driving during the day. Legally driving at night, even though it's harder to see at night because I'm colorblind. So it's like a lose lose. Oh. What do colors have to do with night? It's dark. Like, I can't see stuff at night, like, really well. Okay. Because everything's dark, and so it's hard to see. Darker. Darker, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? We mind, all got, we mind all got that bad vision in here. <laughs> mind blown. I don't. I mean, mine's been corrected. Mine's bad. Like, even baseball, like, during the day, I can't, like, I can't play baseball because I can't see the ball because yeah, the light, of like, sky is light and the ball is light. Can't see it. That's why I played hockey. That's why I played hockey. It was always. Black puck, white eyes. Puck, exactly. Yeah. Now Easy we know. Yeah. This makes so much sense. Some might say it makes that was full circle. Wow. Awesome. Well, <laughs> wonderful transition. Um, today, we're actually doing some sort of a, what we're calling spiritual development episode. And so uh, the first two weeks were more theological, and we're going to get even more deep in those weeks um, than even we did these past two weeks. I feel like the last two weeks were probably topics you've heard about, um, but maybe just reinforce some biblical ideas within that. This week is simply just a spiritual development. So this could include what we're going to talk about today, which is reading the Bible. It could include memorizing verses, prayer life, um, a lot of things like when you think of living as a believer, these are the things you think of. So my first question for y'all is, is what is the Word of God? Well, I mean, I think you have to just take that literally. The Word of God is God's Word. And th- this is where we sit. This is where I sit. And this, this is where the church sits. We'll say that that we believe, and hopefully Christians listening to this believe the same thing, um, a non-believer, this could be a point of contention, but that's okay. We believe that the words that we have that we call the Bible have been faithfully preserved um, and faithfully translated. And within that preservation and translation, they contain God's very words. And 
It's what he wants us to think about. It's what he wants us to believe. And it's underneath this idea that the thoughts that God has about all things and the thoughts that God has about what we want or what he wants us to believe are all true. It's the foundation. It's really the foundation of our truth. And so since God has these thoughts about things and they are truthful about everything, and he understands his creation perfectly and he understands us perfectly, that when he speaks we get truth. That's God's word. And, and so I, I think if, if you can't settle into that spot as an unbeliever, it's, it's difficult. And if you can't settle into the importance of it as a Christian, then I, I believe that you're really missing it. Yeah. And I think literally like the actual literal word of God too. I mean, we have a collection of 66 books making up Old Testament, New Testament, um, Old Testament, um, more law-based New Testament. You have four gospels. Um, you have letters to churches and whatnot. And so um, literally like that's what that is. Um, but through those, like John was saying, God is speaking to us um, through the words that have been preserved for thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years um, that he had destined from the beginning to speak to us. And so and that's awesome. And one point you did bring up is Christians should see the importance of the Bible. So kind of feeds into our next question is what is the importance of the Bible but also the importance of reading the scriptures. There's a there's a lot of importance. I think you go a lot of different ways with this. And just like very simply, just thinking about it is I think in our day and age that people have a lot of philosophical questions, deep questions that they have that they need answered. They also have a lot of practical questions that they need answered. Relationships, how to go about this, what decision should I make? And I think a lot of times in non-believers obviously, but then even Christians sometimes is we try to have those answered outside of something. And so the the thing about the word of God is, and, and because it is God breathed, like John said, it's totally, totally reliable without error. And because of that, these questions that we have is they can be answered in, in this, whether it's these deep philosophical questions is throughout the entire book of scripture, we get to see some of these answered. And then just practical questions on how to go about relationships, how to handle certain situations, finance, whatever it is, is they can be found in scripture. And so I think just very simply, it the importance is a lot of the questions we have, because we are human, we have questions, it is we don't know everything. And because of that, we need answers. And these answers are found here in scripture and God's word. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think that we can... Um, overestimate, I think is the way that I need to say that. I don't think we can overestimate or overstate the importance of God's word. Um, I don't, I don't think we can ever get to the point of going, oh, it's too important at that point. Like in my mind, if, if you, if you love God and you put him at this level, then God's word is like just right underneath it in level of importance. And a majority of and again, I don't know if this is an overstatement. It, maybe it is, but but I don't think so. A majority of the issues that we see in the local church, in the church's witness to a world um, that is struggling through things, um, in relationships with people, some of the stuff that we've talked about the last couple of weeks, um, all of those stem from a lack of passion or a lack of understanding in God's word. Like a love for God. Well, we want that, but we're lazy. And so we don't want to engage in God's word and and in doing so we're going it's just really not that important to me. I want to I want to know God, but I don't want to put forth the effort of it. Yeah, I was I read this earlier um, this morning, but it says that 
I don't remember exactly where I got it, but it says we should read and study the Bible because God does not change and because mankind's nature does not change. It is as relevant for us as it was when it was written. And I think a lot of times it's like we look at this and as technology advances, as we've gotten later and later in our years and farther away from when Christ, Christ was on earth and this book was written, is that it's easy to be like, oh, it's not relevant. Yeah, they, they, they talk through a lot of old things that really... Like if you look at it at the the surface level, don't apply to us of the a lot of farming, whatever it is. But when you look at it, is like I said earlier, is this book is totally reliable and without error because it is God breathed. And like it says, that God God hasn't changed and will not change. Mankind we change, but our nature doesn't, and our nature is sin. And so that's why just as much as they need it when this was written, we still need it today. And so there there is so much importance. Like John said, you can't. Over, overstate the importance of Scripture, and I think sometimes we try to do, and I think that falls into people trying to add books to to help with it, and that could be another topic later, and, and you could go a really far away with that, but I think a lot of people, it is this this book doesn't, it doesn't need help, and, and you can't, like John said, you can't overstate the importance of it because it is God breathed. This is this is directly from God, and we have this as a gift. It doesn't need help. It doesn't it doesn't need our help specifically, mm-hmm. um, but it, it's good how it is. It's perfect how it is. Yeah, let's go ahead. I, I got you. Um, I've heard it said this way before. My or our idea of Creator God and how powerful He is. He could do what He wanted. He can, and and He could have at creation. And so he decided that for some reason, human, man, woman, would be created with brain. You got a, you got a brain in your head. He didn't have to do that. He, he could have done anything he wanted to. He's like, well, mm-hmm. I, I don't really need him to think. I just need them to, to go about their being. Yeah. Even, but he gave us the ability to, to think. We have, we have consciousness inside of us. We, we now know right from wrong. We, all of these things are kind of built into us and we have will and we have emotion and we have thought. And the way that he set this whole thing up is that Old Testament to New Testament to us, Christ is to be magnified through our lives as we reflect God's word um, or understand God's word and live it out. Um, and allow God's word to change our will, to change our heart, to change our action. And, and so when, when you think of even just creation, that what God did with purpose is he gave us those things and gave us the ability to seek out his word and to understand it and to apply it and to live it out, that, that alone should elevate the importance of it. Like, like he doesn't make mistakes in creation. We talked about that at retreat, even with, with our girls chatting about that. Um, the differences between men and women are creation differences. It wasn't after the fact mm-hmm. that he goes, oh, they're kind of different. Let's, mm-hmm. let's go Christ in the church. That's a good analogy of what I made. No, he thought about those beforehand. In the same way he gave us a brain and his word to connect so that we can reflect Christ elevates the importance of those things. Yeah, that's, that's really, really good. I guess one kind of question I kind of thought of while you guys were speaking um, is like opening up the word of God. We have a chance to meet with an intimate God. Um, and I think we all can agree with that. Um, it's a chance to, for God to communicate to us and through prayer, we can communicate to him. But I remember, um, I'm actually walking through, um, in my religious studies class, I'm analyzing Matt Chandler's Code Orange Revival, um, sermon that he spoke there, um, clearly states. And I, I believe that like the Bible was not written about us. Mm-hmm. And so, in y'all's opinion, like how do we situate ourselves within this without sort of becoming the David in the story, without sort of becoming 
the picture that like God is like painting in scripture, but also still getting the chance to meet with him. Does that quick question kind of make sense? Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the, one of the verses that just jumps out in my mind when this question was asked about, uh, the importance of God's word, Joshua, uh, after Moses' death is, is giving direction in Joshua one or is given direction in Joshua one. Um, and then in one eight, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you meditate on it day and night. Um, and, and so the, that, that little chunk of meditate on it day and night, I think pushes us past the application of character to me mm-hmm. um, and gets us into the more intimate parts of this, uh, of understanding God's word as it applies to my life, not how I can apply it and live it out based off of other people. Mm-hmm. That's that, that goes back to the brain thing, really. It goes back to there's when I meditate on something, there's a connection that happens that's deeper than just like, eh, mm-hmm. I just skimmed it. No, I take a verse and I let it sit on me and I, and I meditate on it for a long time um, and allow that to come alive in my life. And then that just in and of itself pushes me past being, I want to be David in the story. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I'm not exactly David, but I do have giants in my life. Maybe that's not what God wants me to focus on mm-hmm. during that season. Yeah. Um, so instead, I, I meditate on it in a different way that pushes me past that. I think we just had the AC turn on in here. Fix it. Fun times. Um, that's honestly like, I think a tough line to walk to because obviously like the word of God um, was not written um, about us, but it was written to us. Um, and so I think that's kind of an important thing to remember. Um, the way was spying in on us. This is fun. Um, okay. So kind of moving practically here, like we see the importance of the word of God. We see the importance of reading it and um, studying it. We will get into that if there's a difference there, but um personally, um, or practically, excuse me, how often should we read the Bible? Um, and sort of how should I navigate reading the Bible? Is there different ways to do it? Is there a right way to do it? Wrong way to do it? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) yes. My answer is yes to that on the, how often should we read the Bible? Yes. I think, I think a lot of people, I think this is a lot of people will talk about this and discuss and try to figure out what's the, what's the perfect way there. There's not a, perfect answer for this. There's not like this correct answer. Nowhere scripture that say, all right, you read once a day and you're good mm-hmm. is it all comes down to the person there. There's been days where I have it's a lot of free time. And so it may look like two to three quiet times. Those quiet times may look like leaning into God's scripture, um, reading it, studying it, whatever, going to the prayer. There's some days that it will look like one and that's, that's okay. And I think to me, I try to read every day is, especially if I can start my day in scripture. Um, I, I feel like it's a, it's a win is I always there. There's kind of three things I, I try to do each morning, but it's wake up early, do something active and then spend time with the Lord. And and if I can do that, I think it's a win for me. And that kind of sets my day off on, on the right track. And so for me, I like to read once a day and that to me, that's in the morning. Sometimes at night, if my morning's just super, super busy, whether it's like, prayer meeting with our students or whatever, but I like one a day. I, I think it's different for people. Mm-hmm. I would highly encourage one a day. Cause I mean, it just like in your relationship with someone, if you're in a relationship, you're not just going to be like, okay, Hey, I'm taking Saturdays off because it's the weekend. Like I'll see, I'll see you on Sunday, whatever it is. You don't do that. And it's the mm-hmm. same thing with the Lord. Even more important than that is 
I mean, that relationship with the Lord is so much more important than any relationship you'll be in on here on earth, whether it's girlfriend, friend, whatever. And, and so I think to me, I like one a day, if not more, if you have the time. And so not a correct answer. That's just, yeah. it's just my, that's where I land. Um, it's what I like to, I like to do. I guess a follow up for you here. Um, what does it like look like for you? Those one a days? Are you like, where's the place? What are you reading currently? Maybe like, is it one chapter? Is it just kind of how much time you have? Like, what does it look like for you? It, it looks so different like every single day. And I think that's one of the, the beautiful things about it is it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when you try to, okay, Hey, I'm doing one chapter a day and that's it that I can get like just real methodical yeah. and it just turns into the same thing. And you kind of lose that like desire and passion to do it. And so for me, it changes. Um, my like daily basis for me is I like to walk, wake up and pray is the first thing I do is while I'm, while I'm eating breakfast, I read a Psalm. That's just what I do. And then I typically We'll go on a run and come back and have a quiet time. In that quiet time, I like to start in prayer. Is I, I think humbling yourself in prayer before you go into scripture is a really, really important thing. It's big for me. I know that when I when I go into scripture without praying, it's a little bit more difficult for me. Mm-hmm. And then in that time is I'm typically walking through a book in the Bible, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, and, and reading through it and then trying to break it down and learn more about it, learn more aspects of God that I didn't before. And then sometimes it turns into, okay, how many to bring in like, secondary support, got questions, whatever is typing questions. Right right now we're walking through discipleship um, with myself and then Zach and Saul as we're going just through atonement right now and reconciliation. And so during the week, I also get a look into that stuff. And so that's a really cool way is that like I'm studying in that and I'm learning more things about Christ outside of a quiet time. And so that's, that's kind of how I roll. Um, yeah. 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 I, we can't point to anywhere in scripture that says daily is important mm-hmm. um, to circle all the way back uh, or that daily is demanded. I said important that, that daily is commanded by God. Um, but there's two things that I like to bring up. One, um, we are unbelievable creatures of habit, unbelievable, like creatures yeah. of routine of rhythm. And if, if you will make it your focus, even when you don't feel like opening up God's word and get into that routine, um, that becomes something that is not only easier, but is unbelievably beneficial to you. And so even though the, the Bible is not like open this up daily and chew on it, um, it knowing that about us is important. Mm-hmm. Um, Old Testament, you, it just echoes throughout all of those like Hall of Faith guys, how important a constant interaction or, or recognition of the presence of God was. The New Testament version of that, like I think, I think of First Peter um, where he is, he's walking through, and I think it's at the beginning of chapter two, and he says, uh, you should desire God's word. This isn't word for word, but you should desire it like newborn infants desire milk. Mm-hmm. And a majority of our uh, people in here are college students. And so they don't understand what that actually is. Yeah. When, when the baby's born and it is just like, feed me, mm-hmm. feed me, feed me even when I don't n- know what that means. Feed me and I'm probably not hungry. Feed me again, even though you just fed me. Um, that's the image that he brings about in first Peter two is that we should desire God's word in that same way. And so I, I'm opposite of T where he's like, get up in the morning and do that. I will pray when I get out of bed and kind of jump into just like the day. And I have almost a repetitive prayer that I repeat every time when I get up, but my time with the Lord is always at night. Hmm. My time with the Lord at at night is because uh, my house is quiet. I know that if if the Lord says, hey, I need eight hours, 
mm-hmm. that I can give him eight hours. Yeah. It hadn't happened, but, but I don't have a stopping point. Mm-hmm. If I get up in the morning, I know that in about 45, get, yeah. Yeah. 45, I'm fixing to get invaded um, by dog and kid and, and the day uh, where at night I don't have that. Um, that Jesus was an early morning guy. And so like, I understand the argument, but that it does not work for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And scripture is not completely prescriptive on when Mm -hmm. um, as much as you should long for it, you should desire it. And so that, that's my, that's my rhythm. And and for me, I'm going to say it has to be daily. I can't point you to a Bible verse, but if, if you're a follower of Christ and you recognize the importance of God's word and the, and the connection that you make, you have to be doing that daily. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to echo what you said earlier, but Joshua 1.8 was when I was talking about keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate it, meditate on it day and night. It doesn't say meditate on it Monday and Wednesday <laughs> yeah. or, or just Saturday in the morning. off or just in the morning is day and night. Day and night happens every single day. Yeah. And so every single, I guess, 24 hour day, there is both a day and a night in that. And so, I mean, even, even verses like that to me point to every single day. Again, it doesn't d- directly say you must study and read scripture every single day in order to be a Christian or whatever it is. But there are so many verses, like you're saying, and just reiterating what you said earlier in that, this is day and night. That, yeah. that to me, emphasizes every single day. And so that day may be a morning time. That night might be night for John, whatever it is. But mm-hmm. I think Scripture points to daily rather than like every other day, weekly, yeah. whatever it is. And so That's the Shema. I mean, really, yeah. that's the Shema. We've prayed so often. And when you go past... Um, into verse six on Deuteronomy six, it's like you you need to teach them diligently. You talk about them as you walk. You talk about them when you, when you mm-hmm. lie down, when you rise. All of those things are there, and so there's just this constant reminder of the importance of God's word um, for us, for sure. Yeah, and I think it's it's really cool. Um, even as like you have quiet times in the morning or at night, whatever it looks like for you, there's opportunities that you can continue to meditate on it. Right, meditating on it doesn't mean you have to have a physical Bible open with you or looking at it on your phone. Like these things should be over time, I would argue, residing in your heart and you should be able to um, walk into a situation and be like, you know, I actually read about this two weeks ago, five months ago, whatever it is, um, you can kind of step into that. And and I think that's what truly meditating on it looks like um, is having that thought process throughout your days um, and not just, I, I, I don't know, I think it's important that you're not only thinking about the word of God when you do a quiet time, like this thing should be um, something you do throughout the day. So um I guess for those people who, um, I know I've walked through seasons in my life where um, walking through the Bible or just opening the Bible to start a quiet time is is hard. So if someone is struggling with reading the Bible, um, how can they grow in this or just grow in the desire of opening the scriptures? They're looking, that's, that's they're looking at each other. <laughs> if you haven't at some point in your Christian walk struggled to open the Bible, I envy you. Um, because like it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it happens. It's, um, and I think it's just natural as, as people say about dating is like the, you get the six month slump and you've been dating for six months and all of a sudden you're like, Oh man, is this it? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And I think in, in similar way, but is, is reading, reading scripture at some point you may hit this just like plateau and it's happened to me before it's happened a couple of times. And in that it is, it is very difficult to get up or stay late up at night, whatever it is and open scripture. And so know that like, if you are struggling with this, it's not just you, like this happens probably to most of us, whether we want to admit it or not. But yeah. Yeah. A, a couple of things that come to mind. Um, we didn't hit this question, but there's a difference between just reading God's word and 
allowing it to come alive in, in you, mm-hmm. reading God's word or studying God's word, all of those things. Um, and so your heart le- going at an opportunity to read God's word, read God's word is pretty important. And when you think of when I read it or have a desire to study it, whose fault is it that it comes alive in my life? Mm-hmm. Well, then First uh, Peter one twenty three. Um, that it transforms us like we've been born again through the living and the abiding word. Like it, it's living because of the Holy Spirit's activity in us. And then John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth because what your word is truth. And so our salvation and our sanctification are all the work of God. And so as God's word comes alive in us, um, we are sanctified to look more and more like him because of what he's doing in us. And it happens prescriptively by his word. And so for those of us that struggle, for every Christian that struggles with it through a season, those are just important truths to hold on to. Yeah. And to, and, and the same thing I think would apply, uh, T could echo this very much so, is like if somebody comes to you and says, hey, uh, I need to lose some weight and, and I, I need to gain some some muscle. some muscle, and I, I want to look better when we hit the beach. You know, I spring, look like T. Taylor. Spring break is, you know, we got like five months until spring break, and we start this now. You would go, I mean, hey, like drive by the gym every so often, and like maybe, maybe walk up to the door, you know, just walk and look at people, and then just leave. And we would all go, yeah, sure. No, what do you do? You, you look at me like, hey, you have to do this. Like, if you want this, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. And so your motivation during those seasons of like, we would probably honestly say, I really want to know God, but our actions aren't saying that. Yeah. And so the seasons of attrition or the seasons of like, I just don't have a desire to, those are the moments where I think God is like, step up. Like you just got to step up and do those. There are also seasons though, where you're in God's word and you just feel like you're in a dry mm-hmm. and and weary spot. And, and this uh, Psalm 40 verse five for me, you have multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts towards us. None can compare with you. And, and then he goes, I will proclaim, it says, I will proclaim them, yet they are more than can be told. And so God's full of wondrous deeds, and we can talk about them and never get to the end of it. Hmm. And just that thought alone for me says that as a husband and as a dad and as a pastor and um, even as a student um, beside you guys, uh, if if I could understand this, this this one little fact about God that His deeds are uncountable, and I will let that alone speak really really loudly into my life, um, it's going to change my approach mm. to how I live, and it's going to change my approach to God's Word. That I'm I'm going to seek Him in a different way because I know that I'm always going to find something new. Mm. It's not going to get old. It's not going to be six months of of dating and then be like, oh, is this it? Like, I'm not going to get to that point with God. This is kind of, uh, this may be harsh, um, but I think it's needed. Um, What would y'all say to those people who, I'm going to say excuse because I think it is, and I've made this myself, for those people that say, oh, I just don't have enough time. I I do something from 8 a.m. until 11.30 p.m., 12 a.m. I literally don't have time. I, The Lord says we need to rest. Um, and I would, I would argue, yes, you do need to rest. But what would you guys say to those people? Man, I just don't have time. You're lying. <laughs> Straight up liar. You're a liar. Check your f- phone screen say, time, maybe? Screen time, social media, whatever it is. I, I There is so much time. I, I mean, kind of go back to what John was saying about training. 
I'm in the middle of training for an ultra marathon right now. And it's, it's brutal at times. It like, it's, it's not fun at times, but it's a, it's a daily thing of like, okay, Hey, I got to get up and run. I know that because when I start to take a couple of days off is that's when I begin mm-hmm. to lose track of things. And I won't, there are times when I get up in the morning or just like late night run that I'm like, I do not want to do this. Like it sucks. And I get done with the run and I'm like, man, that wasn't that, like, I, I really didn't enjoy that. But two weeks from now, my, like my body's going to be thankful for that run. Mm-hmm. And in the same way as that is like, I have to set aside time in my, my weekly schedule to have those times where I can go and run and prepare for this. Similar to that is, and even more so, even more of an importance is when you're spending time with the Lord, is that almost, I'm not going to say schedule. I, I scheduled into my day because to me, that is when it's the most important part of my day. And so mm. I know that the rest of my schedule should be, it shouldn't be, here's my schedule. Where can I fit in my quiet time? It should be, here's my quiet time. Let me fit the rest of my schedule. Yeah. And so sometimes that moves, like you have classes, you have work, whatever it is. But to me, it's you, you should have a time set aside to do that. And if you're, if your excuse is you don't have time, I promise you, you have time. You make time for what's important to you. Mm-hmm. And you're probably making time for a lot of other things is if it's, if it's really that bad and you, you can't afford it to, mm-hmm. you cannot afford to find time, then instead of cooking, go, go pick something up to eat, go back home and use that time that you would be cooking to read scripture, to dive into God's word that I promise you, there is no one that is just like, I don't have time for this. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. Two things for me um, that I kind of want to mention that <laughs> maybe I get and we'll, we'll end with this. We're at 33 minutes. Zach. I got you. Um, I think people that are walking like that are listening to the voices of the circumstances that they're in, mm. not to this verse that I just read. And so when you allow busyness at school I got to have a girlfriend and I got to spend this much time with her. Gally. I got to, I have to do all of these things because it's just the circumstance that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, you hear those voices and it dictates your schedule where Psalm 40 verse five says, you've multiplied, O Lord, my God, your wondrous deeds and your thoughts toward us. Mm-hmm. Like, you understand that he has innumerable thoughts towards you. Like if you would get that and go, like, I want somebody to love me, read that verse. Mm. He has, he has thoughts towards you that you cannot count. You could speak of them all day and you cannot get to the end of it. Like that right there going, okay, God's thoughts are so much more important than the circumstances that I'm in. And I'm not going to let the circumstances dictate my schedule anymore. But what goes along with this, I think is, is God's faithfulness. Psalm 34, like test him and see that he's faithful, see that he is kind. And when he says, will I not give back to you, press down and overflowing? That's not like we love to use that verse as a uh, excuse to make people tithe. Mm-hmm. But, but that is, I mean, the Baptist, the good Baptist thing, give of your time and your talent and your treasure. When you give of your time to the Lord, he multiplies that in spaces mm-hmm. that you will never actually understand. And so, so I'm going to go, hey, I'm going to give you an hour. And I promise you, test him in this. When you give him an hour in the morning or at night, he, your work ethic changes. Mm. And so what normally would take you two takes you 35 minutes all of a sudden. And you're like, I have the gift of time back if we're faithful to that. Mm. Um, and so don't let your circumstances be the voice. And then test God by, by tithing, if we want to say that, by tithing of your time to him first, mm. even before you do your money. Tithe your time to him and see what he does with it. Yeah, I think that's a great way to end. Um, challenge is to um, kind of reorient um, 
our thoughts towards our circumstances. And I think out of that too, our desires and our thoughts towards other things are going to naturally shift towards things of the Lord. And I think that's just the beauty of the gospel. So um, that's this episode for this week. Um, We will see you guys back here next week with a special guest. Y'all here soon. See ya. Special guest. Ghostros. (laughs) Ah, Braves.